And we're back. The Duran Show, episode number 12. Tonight, Matt and Mitchell, they're boring. They're always here. But we have a guest, Matt Iverson. Matt, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys? Doing well. Now, Mitchell and Matt, you guys can say your stuff. How's it going? <laughs> There's Mitchell's standard introduction. Thanks for joining us, Mr. Iverson. Sure thing. Yeah, great to have you on. Glad I could be here. It's yeah, been, so- it's been a while since I got to talk to Matt, so it's... And probably going to be a while before I get back down to Texas again. So I'm glad to be on. Yeah, because you guys played each other uh, down in, in Matt's neck of the woods at least once before, right? That's how you guys know each other? Yep. And we've uh, been, been trying to get back down because my uh, my in-laws actually live down in uh, the Dallas area. But, um, you know, viruses have not been cooperating. <laughs> yeah, it's been impacting. I actually was within two tables of playing Matt at Nova last year, but I lost the game and I never got close to him again after that. So I was like, <laughs> played him, played him next to him round one, huh? No. <laughs> Thanks for that vote of confidence, though. Uh, okay, before I get daggers thrown my way, uh, Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, I, I know you're you're famous. You're all over the the Facebook pages. You've got your own podcast and everything, but. Uh, uh, yeah, a little bit of background. Like, how long have you been playing the game? Uh, do you have any, like, favorite armies or any specialties, or are you just good at all the armies? Well, first of all, let me take issue with the description of famous. Um, I, I want to make sure <laughs> that everybody understands that, that nobody involved in this hobby should consider themselves to be famous. <laughs> since, <laughs> since we are a niche hobby within a niche <laughs> hobby. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've, so I've been playing... Um, Basically, I, I think for about as long as Nova's been around. I think uh, really the first year that I started playing was the first year of Nova. Um, and it uh, I used to be a historical war gamer. I've been a historical war gamer since I've been about nine. Um, and you know when when my son was about nine, I figured it was about time for him to get into war gaming. Couldn't get him interested in the historical stuff, but he loved the Lord of the Rings movies, so it's just kind of casting about and going, geez, somewhere there must be a war game based on the Lord of the Rings. And sure enough, there was, um, and found it and started playing it. And, you know, I, I told myself I was doing this just to, you know, kind of humor my son and be able to spend time with my son until I found out, well, this is actually really fun to play. <laughs> and awesome. uh, and uh, it turns out I ended up bumping into Devin Moreno at Historicon, which was the big um, historical tournament where I was, you know, taking my son and, uh, you know, we, we would go down there and I'd try and get him interested in fantasy games. And, you know, I just happened to look through and say, hey, somebody's running this uh, this Lord of the Rings game um, that we've been trying to play with each other. So why don't we get involved in that? And that's how I met Devin and ended up going to Nova later that year and, uh, you know, been playing ever since. That's really awesome. I, I feel bad. How long has Nova been? I don't know. How long has Nova been around? Has it been around, like, forever or is it relatively... Um, now I think it's been around for, I want to say it's been around for five years. That's what I could I'm go calling. I, I, I could go so. and look at my son's trophy. I, you know, my <laughs> son went down there when he was, you know, like 10 and, you know, won like the first tournament at the Fort first Nova. Um, so he's oh, got wow. that plaque sitting up on his, yeah, he, he won the, um, I think it was the, uh, the heroes, uh, tournament. Ah. Um, and. Uh, so he's got that sitting up. But I think it's been around for about five years. I so. can't remember if it was 2014 or 2015, but yeah, that seems about right. 
I didn't That's realize awesome. it was that new of a tournament. That's cool. Yeah. Because it's, it's the biggest really... one in the U.S. now, isn't it? It's either that or a right. my, my wife is is off camera saying it was six. So it was six. So 2014. Okay. Yeah, 2014. Okay. That's awesome. Very cool. It's gotten really huge really fast then. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it has. So... Um, and you know, Devin does a great job. If you've never been to, to Nova, you really should go. Just if for no other reason, just to see the boards that he sets up, because um, they're you know you, it really is like you're playing kind of in the middle of Middle Earth when you're in the middle of that tournament. Plane tickets are being purchased. 2021 is going to happen. We will all be there, one way or the other. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. So, well, great. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, nice to hear a little bit about that. The I think the really the only segment or the only topic that we had kind of lined up to talk about tonight, uh, Matt really wanted to get your input on some list ideas. The three of us plus Myers, so the four of us actually, are heading to the first event in what seems like forever, uh, a, a event out on the East Coast, an escalation style tournament. Never done anything like this. It's kind of new. It's fun. Um, and so we all came up with some ideas for what we're going to take. Some of us, some unwise poor souls have already submitted their <laughs> list, so they're locked in and can't edit. I, I still have some flexibility here. But, um, yeah, I want to kind of walk through the event, talk about it, talk either strategy or lists, uh, talk about armies. Uh, so maybe, like, pitfalls of what would scream out as, oh, like, they're probably going to see this, this, and this. And we just have, like, a roundtable discussion, nothing too formal. So, all right. Well, that's, that's fun. I mean, and in full disclosure, I was talking with Matt about this before we started, but I've never actually played in an escalation tournament. So this will be an interesting thought experiment for me. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun concept. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll be kind of throwing ideas out there that are, that are untested. So, you know, feel free to take whatever I say with a grain of salt. Oh, oh, we're doing the same thing. <laughs> in fact, yeah, that's the entirety is... of our show. We just make it up as we go. <laughs> you right. so be... our strategy. <laughs> so this will be four guys who don't know anything about what they're talking about, talking about something for an hour. So, which I guess is par for the course for most podcasts. So let's let's go do it. Well, I, this is a horrible tangent, but actually, that when we were trying to name our show originally, I think we were like the guys that don't know anything. Uh, but that's already been taken, like in three different variations. There's a lot of podcasts <laughs> already named this. Uh, yeah, so. well, you know, it's funny. We had the same problem. Um, you know, we were trying to come up with a name for our podcast, and you know, my wife actually ended up coming up with the the name, an unexpected podcast, and we put it on. And we discovered, like, after we had put it on up on YouTube and started the process for putting it into iTunes, that there already was the unexpected podcast. Oh no. Uh, uh, you know, talking Tolkien, but it, it, at least it's um, it, at least it's not SBG related. So, uh, you know, we That's can good. have that. So, by the way, plug for the podcast, an unexpected podcast um, available. Uh, it's up on YouTube. It's on uh, Devin Moreno's DCHL channel. And um, it is also uh, available on iTunes and every other place you get your podcasts. So, all right. That's my plug. I'm done. Let's chat. Yeah, no, before, no. <laughs> before we before we leave that, uh, yeah. so it's all about SVG, right? You guys are like heavy into list analyzation, models, trying to talk about point values and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's it. I mean we do kind of jump from topic to topic. We do kind of focus on some of the more competitive aspects 
of the game, you know, how to optimize lists in certain armies, um, you know, which, what we think are the, the best models, what we think are the worst models. Um, the one we're getting set to record tomorrow is, is actually going to be kind of a bit of a fun departure. It's going to be uh, uh, what, what magic exists in the books and the movies that doesn't exist in the game, but we'd like to see. So that's going to be, uh, oh, you know, I've, I've been sitting here kind of annotating my, uh, my, my paper copies of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit with the various stuff that I want to pull in. So right on. Super great. enjoyable podcast. I think all, all three of us on the call joining you listen to it and, uh, really enjoy it especially now that it's available on multiple platforms so everybody go check it out for sure very entertaining plus one plus one so <laughs> so uh marcus you want to walk through the rules or mitchell maybe mitchell you want to walk through the ground rules for the tournament kind of explain yeah. the points values what what you have to do while building the list and then we can start dissecting strategy absolutely here so this is over uh this is called the uh this is called the ambush at the dry falls of Rauros. Um, and this is going to be over in North Carolina. And the, I'm just pulling up the uh, and, event pack. And to right interrupt now. you, it's a very good pun on names because it's called ambush at the dry falls, but it's being done in a brewery. So it's the opposite <laughs> of dry. <laughs> exactly. So, oh, there's my strategy coming into it right now. It's by everybody. <laughs> something. Yes. All right. So here we go. Uh, so there's four rounds. It's all going to be done in one day. Um, it's going to be round one starts at 450. Now, here's the rules for it. Um, it is that typical. It's actually the old scoring for victory points. It's not with the new um, uh, uh, match play guide match plays guide that we got. Right. So it's still the typical. If you win by four or more, that's a major one to three is a minor. Uh, lose by one to three is a minor, and lose by four more is a major. Um, so you can challenge people. It's kind of cool. They're still judging and everything like that. But the rules for it say that you eat, each round you start with a set amount of points, and then in the next round you have to include at least all of the models that you had from previous rounds. Um, he did clarify that you can change out war gear, which is interesting, uh, but you have to have all the represented models from previous round included into it. So round one is 450 points, round two is 600 points, round three is 725, and round four is 828. And his uh, explanation for why 828, well, apparently that's the area code out there. So <laughs> uh, so you must include all models from previous rounds in each subsequent round. Basically, you will be adding uh, to your starting 450 points each round. A player may hold back points in order to, uh, uh, in a round, to add a more expensive model in the future round. Uh, and that's pretty much it. They banned the models, Tom Bombadil and Goldberry, but that's it. Um, no. I know, I know. <laughs> your first that's... your first two models, 450 yeah. points, boom. Exactly. Hey, don't laugh. Um, I have I have a list that I've been playing lately that has Tom Bombadil in it. It's actually really fun to play. But <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never been able to play against either Tom Bombadil or, or, or Goldberry. I've only ever heard uh rumors or stories or other people playing with them actually yeah. the last tournament we did back in march the beginning of march my first round was against the tom bombadil and a boromir with captain the white flower uh white tower with the flag and basically tom bombadil just sat in front of him and then boromir decided okay i want to go right or i want to go left after you charge <laughs> <laughs> well you may actually see tom bombadil at nova it, that's a that's a potential thing so we'll, ah. we'll have to see all right uh, sneak peek. sounds fun 
Okay, so lots of restrictions on the the tournament, the escalation idea. None of us have, uh, we already said this, none of us have ever done this before, so we're all shooting from the hip. Do we want to go through and talk about what armies we picked and then jump into maybe strengths and weaknesses or strategies first and then come back to just overall tournament uh, strategies, what pitfalls, what to watch for? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, yeah, why don't we do that? I mean, I guess... I guess the only point I'd make to start out with is, I mean, my first thought if I was going to do an escalation tournament is, you know, the obvious one, which is I need an army that's scalable, that can kind of produce an army that will win at 450 points, 600, 725, and, and 828, because not all armies can do that. Yeah. Um, and then the other, the other kind of thought I had about techniques for designing a list here is that there are certain heroes that are scalable. Um, that you can kind of build onto under these rules. So for example, you know, Thranduil is, is kind of the classic scalable hero where you can pay, you know, 90 points or so and get, um, you know, Thranduil in his pajamas with two attacks. Uh, and then, you know, as the army list builds, he can get beefier until you've got them all decked out on his elk with, um, you know, the extra swords and circlet of Kings and everything like that. So, um, but I guess those are kind of the two concepts. So yeah, why don't we go and talk about what you guys were thinking and we can go from there. Very cool. That's a great it's call an out too. It's hard to think about extra war gear options on a hero makes a big difference in this. And that, oh, yeah. I hadn't really thought about it that way. I thought about just base point cost, but yeah, having the ability to just keep bolting things on really does help. Yeah. yeah. Ring wraiths, you know, uh, the generic ring wraiths or the Witch King obviously builds up could be that's a great call out i didn't even think about that thranduil's a good call out uh, so i mean i guess because you've got i mean you've got really the you've got kind of examples of the four different scales that you typically see at tournaments i mean the one you don't have obviously is a thousand but you've got yeah i mean you're starting at 450 usually when you're starting at 450 you're talking kind of one one maybe second tier hero somewhere between 100 and 150 160 points and then a captain um obviously there are variations on this then you go to 600 and you're you're probably adding in another mid-level hero and some guys then you go to 725 and you're either adding in another captain level hero or maybe upgrading your mid-level hero to a, a higher level hero and some guys and then a 28 where you can start really putting in you know kind of those top flight you know 200 point heroes um if you want so uh, yeah. yeah it's kind of a kind of a good way they've kind of progressed this and i found it building this at least i don't know how it was for the rest of you guys i found it extremely hard because i was instantly you think of okay what armies do well at 450 and then you start plugging those in. And actually, it's really, really hard to build a good 450 list and then have to include everything that you have in the 450 list eventually into that 828. It's actually really hard to mm -hmm. scale that out because you're like, okay, I'll just I'll throw it. Let's just say Amder. I'll throw in Amder. Okay, Amder is going to be great. Well, Amder fills out a lot of points, actually, and it's hard to fit in other heroes because your biggest jump goes from 450 to 600. And that's only 150 points. So it's actually hard to scale up Easterlings, I found. And I thought that would be a great army, but it just didn't work in many lists as I built with it. Hmm. Um, well, let me ask you this. Can you ally? 
Uh, yes, you can. I think. Yep. You can. There's, no, There's restrictions no alliance on that. bans yep. at all. You no restrictions. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. No restrictions. Got it. Um, the thing, the thing that threw me off was you think about okay, 450 and 600, and then with only going up 150 or 100 at a time, it really limits you on what you do. So, like most of the armies that I started building look like they do great the first one to two, maybe even the first three rounds. And then by round four, you're thinking at a top table, this isn't even competitive. And I think the last example that I gave up on is the Helm Hammerhand Legendary Legion. It's just built for the first three rounds. And I was thinking, this is unbeatable. And then when you got to the above 750, it's really hard to do it in a way that you think would be competitive. So, Yeah, no, I mean, that is there. I mean, there are certain lists where, you know, kind of your heroes top out and the Helm Hammerhand Legendary Legion is one of them where, you know, you've got Helm Hammerhand and a bunch of captains. Um, <laughs> and, it, you know, there's only so far you can take that. And once you get up to 828 points and you're running into somebody who's got, you know, say a Boromir of the White Tower on the other side of the table and a wizard or, you know, a Boromir of the White Tower and a couple other guys that can heroic strike, uh, yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a problem. And I mean, I think, I, I think a bunch of the legions are, are likely that way. Um, not all of them, but you know, for, I mean, the classic one's going to be the Rangers of Athelion, which are going to be dominant forces at the 450 point and 600 point level. But, you know, once you reach a level where somebody's going to have enough figures where they can have somebody with blinding light, uh, um, or just enough figures just to be able to walk through your arrow barrage, enough high defense figures, you know, you're going to be limited by the fact that, you know, the, the toughest hero you've got on the board is Faramir. Exactly. So Marcus, you want me to go first or you want Mitchell to go first? Uh, Matt, you start us out. So we'll do Matt first with your army, Mitchell, you can go second and then I'll go last cause I'll be able to hear everybody's strategies, ideas, and then make <laughs> necessary edits on the fly. He's so. got five five lists pulled up. He's like, this one will work. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm building so, as I go. As I was going through, I already said I tried to make Helm work. I eliminated that. I tried to make Azog's Legion work. I eliminated that. I tried to make a Dolgaldor uh, variant uh, with Azog's Legion work. And it, none, it just, I thought maybe just taking Nazgul early on, having regen, but it just, I scrapped it. So I wound up with my Corsairs, which... Matt, just so you know, earlier this year, I painted up my Corsairs, and I promised my brothers that that was all I was going to play for tournaments the rest of the year. So I wound up keeping my promise, but purely by chance. So um, <laughs> w what I wound up is with them. And uh, so round one, I've got 30 models. I've got Dalamir. Uh, he's leading five Corsairs with shield, three Corsairs with spear, and he's got three Arbalesters. Warband two, Delgamar. And he's leading five Corsairs with shield, three Corsairs with spear and shield, and three Arbalesters. And then round three, or Warband three, was kind of the controversy. I really wanted to get a Bosun in and uh, five Reavers. So I've got four normal Reavers and one Reaver with an axe. So that comes to exactly 450 points with 30 models. I sacrificed quite a few models to bring the Bosun and the Reavers in, but I wanted the banner effect. And I thought having the five Reavers uh, would, would give me a little bit of flex. So little light on shooting is my analysis of it, um, but still fairly decent model count at, at, at 450. All right. So so we end up here with, um, you said it's, does it come out at, at 30 models? 30 models right on the button. 
30 models right on the button. Yeah, so that's a decent uh, model count. You've got Dalamir. Dalamir is, is somebody, actually, oddly enough, I have on my painting table. He's the only Corsair model that I own. Um, and, uh, but what, does he strike? Yeah, he's got strike and defense. All right, and Dalamir doesn't, is that right? Oh, he does. So he Dalamir, does. Dalamir is the leader. He's got the uh, the smoke bombs that daze you. He's right. got kings, can't be trapped. He strikes and defenses. Delgamar only has heroic strength. That's his. I only. see. Okay, right. All right. And what does the bosun have for heroics? Uh, just march. Just march. But he's okay. only so got he's, one might. He's only got one might, but he's your he's your captain guy. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a decent list. It's definitely got a decent number of models. Um, I know Dalamir is is a threat. You know, the only downside here is you have no... The only downside here that you have is you have no mobility. Yeah. At least you don't have... I mean, you don't have cavalry. Um, and you've got the low defense. So... And you've got you've only got the six Arbalester. So... The problem you could have here is running in. I mean, you do not want to run into the Rangers of Athelion with this <laughs> list. <laughs> that would be bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but so that's what uh, I'm changing to. Hold on a second. Yeah, that's oh, right. And and a little a little bit of context us. on this tournament. The one rule we didn't mention was you can challenge an opponent round one for extra mm -hmm. victory points if you win. So I challenged a guy that you might know, uh, his name's John, he's from the Nashville area, but he always plays, so I kind of had a little bit of a scoop, but he always either plays Angmar, Azog's Legion, or Moria. So unless he uh, painted okay. up a new army, those are probably my first three opponents round one. Yeah, he's probably sitting there frantically painting uh, uh, rangers as he listens to this. <laughs> yeah. Mitchell, do not release this episode till after. <laughs> I'll just message him, John, take this. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I think this is a good army. I don't have a heck of a lot to add here, largely because Corsairs is like perhaps the one army I don't own and have never played. So <laughs> I've played against um, Rainier's version of this uh, once or twice. But um, I mean, I think this is, you know, it's a, it, this is going to be a solid army and um, has some decent shooting. And I'm curious to see how you expand this. Yeah, it'll go up. And uh, Mitchell, Marcus, any thoughts before I go through to round two? Actually, I've found with a lot of my lists I build, even at 450, like the ideal 450 list, 30 models is up there. Like, um, it's even at, you know, it, usually my lists, even at a good model count, was like 24 at the highest. So I feel like 30 is pretty good. You got the, a lot of throwing weapons. You got a lot of cross. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of crossbows, but you have crossbows. You got six points of might, which is hard for Corsairs. So if you have access to six points of might, which an army that uh, typically has low might points, if you're getting that six at 450, I feel like you're going to be doing pretty good. Yeah. Okay, so um, it's, just, just out of curiosity, uh, do you know anything about the scenarios or is it completely random? Is they're completely hidden. blind. Completely blind on the scenarios. And is it out of the 18 from the match play guide or just the, the additional we, 12? It didn't say specifically. We're assuming so because I'm hoping that if it was a special scenario thing that he came up with, that he would let us know that. So we're assuming it's from the 18 match play guide. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and, and that's probably good because they're, you know, if you're going all 18 scenarios where you kind of have to run across the board mm -hmm. uh, while somebody shoots at you there there are less of those than i think there are in the 12. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I'm hoping that he does do that because he's using the old scoring rules. So I'm hoping he uses the match play options, but who knows? Either way. Uh, so 600 points, I stretched up. Same three heroes. So you still got Dalamir, Delgamar, and the Boson. My model count at 600 points goes up to 42. So in Dalamir's Warband, he's now got four Corsairs with Shield, five Corsairs with Spear and Shield. And here's the controversy that I'll introduce. I have a Black Numenorian with a Warhorn, because I wanted to get it in early. Uh, then I have five Arbalesters in Dalamir's Warband. Delgamar has five, with five Warriors with Shield, four Warriors with Spear and Shield, and five Arbalesters. And then I go up to ten Reavers with the Boson. Uh, eight of the Reavers have axes. Two of the Reavers do not, just normal, because that brought me out to a perfect 600 points by doing it that way. So ten crossbows. Uh, what is that? 18 normal warriors, a black Numenorian with a warhorn, and 10 reapers. All right. So uh, let me ask, I'm going to betray my ignorance of Corsairs here. The Corsair warriors can get throwing weapons. Is that right? Yes. Everybody except the reavers and the arbalesters have arbalesters. throwing weapons. Oh, did, have them in your list? Yep. Yes. Oh, so they, they come with them? Yep. Okay. Um, got it. All right. So that was my question. I couldn't remember if they had to buy these or whether they, uh, or whether they come with, but that's, that's good to know. Um, yeah, the Warhorn's an interesting option. Um, cause that's, uh, what is it? 30 points for a Warhorn? Yep. It was a heavy, it was an expensive buy round two. Yeah. Expensive buy round two might be, might be useful if you're running up against the army of the dead. Um, I, I, I mean, one thing to think about is whether given all of your throwing weapons um a warhorn is that essential but i guess so what's the what's the base I, i'm assuming the reavers are fearless or, or something close is that right yeah the the reavers have the option to fail their courage test uh and go into their bloodthirst or whatever that rule is in which case yep. they become fearless um so yeah, they do have that mechanic. Only if, I guess they only fail that if they get to move. But if somebody else charges them, I guess you're not worried about courage anyways. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the the rationale for maybe not taking the Warhorn and just getting more guys is if you, it, you know, if everybody in your army shoots um, to a certain extent and you're evil, right? So, you know, you can always shoot into combat. Um, to a certain extent, in certain situations, you could care less whether you charge, right? That's a good point. You know, you can just waddle up within six inches of somebody and have Adam with the throwing weapons, um, which is, you know, kind of an interesting trick with these guys. And and one of the techniques that I've seen Rainier use with the the Corsairs is the, um, uh, you know, waiting for the other guy's hero to charge one of your guys, and everybody else. You know, or, or or two of your guys, and then everybody else just backs off and shoots into that combat. And uh, you know, you can take heroes off of horses that way, and you're probably going to kill one of your own guys, but you got four, 42 of them, so who cares? Yeah. Um, and uh, um, and you know, if you're killing a guy out from under him, it's not like he can hurl combat out of the way. Um, so it's just something to think about is this is an army that doesn't necessarily need to charge. 
Um, so something to think about there. You know, that's a good point. And I mean, for, for those, for that points value, you could just bring in three more crossbows. Um, yeah, that'd be an interesting tweak or if you, or do warriors, if you wanted to get more out of it potentially. Yeah, no, I, I really like that idea. I hadn't thought about just assuming if you do go up against an Angmar or an army of the dead or a uh, lady of the light or a Kirdan, really adopting a super passive, no, I guess it would have to change. So it, remove Lady of the Light and Kyrdan. If you went up the, against the other two, you could play passive the entire time. And with that many dice, it's going yeah, to come home. What, with Angmar, most of it being defense five, if they've got shields, a lot of it defense four probably. Mm -hmm. So then, fives no matter what to wound with your so throwing weapons? Yeah. The, the one thing I was going to, I was thinking about this a lot when you sent over these ideas, Matt. I, I have a sneaky suspicion Kirdan and Lady of the Light are going to be very popular models. And you're 40, so you're at 42 models right now. If you were to drop down and go super shooty, you're really putting a lot of eggs in one basket. And the fact that if you, if you face anybody with blinding light, that could cause you a lot of problems. And so... If you, if you were to drop the Warhorn, I would say I would do the Warriors instead of the Crossbows just to give yourself more of a combat opportunity. Um, nice, yep. Yeah, 45 I, models would be ridiculous at 600 points. Yeah, that, I mean, keep it keep in mind that, I mean, Kiridan at 450 or 600 points is a heavy investment in a figure that isn't going to be fighting anyone. And the Lady of Light, of course, can fight people, but she's a heavier investment. Um, that's you know, a good it's, point. it's a 130 point model. So, and, and that's going to be in a list, especially Kyrdan, he's going to be in a list with elves. That's, there's going to be a lot less of those elves. And at a certain point, at a certain point, if you're, if you're throwing enough dice, you'll get sixes and, you know, Kyrdan can go down just to a bunch of arbalesters and throwing weapons, rolling sixes and uh taking him down and you know lady of light only has defense three so uh and, and kyrdan's only defense four with two wounds one fate i mean at one point it might yeah. he goes down fast yeah munchy, so, I mean, munch for crossbows yeah i mean you have enough shooting in this army that you know you aren't necessarily that scared of blinding light because you know if you're taking 42 shots a turn you're going to hit <laughs> seven times a lot of those yeah, and you know if the guy's shooting back at you with you know six shots that are you know going to hit half the time or two thirds of the time, you can actually win those shooting duels. Yeah, this is probably the only evil army that can square off against elves for shooting. I would think in that scenario. I don't know, maybe Harad. But Harad can. Yeah, I didn't thought about that after I said it. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about yep. that. Yeah, Harad can anything anything with a uh, Mordor catapult can too. Ah, the Mordor catapult. <laughs> All right, so uh, my round three list, 725 points. Uh, the big addition here is I have four warbands. Um, so 51 models. Dalamir's leading five warriors with shield, uh, five warriors with spear and shield, uh, the Black Numenorian with the warhorn, no arbalesters in his warband. Delgamar's got uh, five warriors with shield, four warriors with spear and shield, five arbalesters. The bosun now has a shield. He's leading 11 reavers with axe upgrade. And in warband number four, you have a captain. 
five arbalesters, four warriors with shield, three warriors with spear and shield, 51 models total at 725 exact. So refresh my memory here. Uh, is there is there anyone in this army that counts as having a banner as opposed to merely a banner effect? Uh, so no is the answer in this list. If I wanted, I could bring a black Numenorian with a banner, but uh, everything that's in this list as present just has a banner effect and doesn't count for VPs. Got it. Okay. I mean, that's that's obviously something to think about is, you know, is is the banner for the victory point benefits that it gives more of a, of a plus to this list than the Warhorn? Yeah. Yeah, I, I struggled with that one a lot. And looking at it right now, I'm starting to, honestly, because you save five points by bringing the banner anyway, so might be helpful. That's probably going to wind up biting me. And you could convert that if you, since you have the shield upgrade in this list, you could drop the Warhorn, add a banner, and then with the five points plus the shield, which is also five points, that's a whole other model. You could, exactly. add a, you could add a reaver for 11 points or 10 points, sorry. The question would be, yeah, that's, that's an excellent point. The question would be, do you at list number two keep the warhorn at four at 600 and just swap the war gear for the banner once you get up to number three, or do you just do it from the get-go? Because war gear is swappable. So that'll be something to ponder, but it's kind of sounding like maybe just go with the banner variant from the very beginning versus the Warhorn. I really yeah. liked Matt's idea about shooting versus who cares if you can't charge. Yeah. The other you, thing, you the other thing that I was thinking about is just, and I don't know that it matters, but if for some reason my bosun gets sniped out, the Reavers have to take courage tests and they can tear my army apart if they don't pass their courage. And at courage three, the Warhorn takes them to Courage 4. Pretty good odds that if you don't want them to fail their Courage test, you're that, okay. That's that's a good rationale for having that Warhorn there. I feel like I'm on the pivot. Like every time somebody says something, I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Yep, change your idea. It's like, wait, yeah. no, go back. <laughs> the only other buffer is to bring another Bosun, but he's only got one point of Might. So I really liked having the extra two Might because Corsairs are already low on that. So that's kind of where my struggle comes in. Oh, I was just going to, so the bosun rule, it, when the bosun's not there, they fail their courage test. Do they just charge the nearest model, friend or foe, and start attacking it? Is that how it works? If there's an enemy model, they can charge it if it's in range. If it's not, they charge the nearest friendly. Okay, so you really only worry about the bosun being sniped out before you engage. You know, what once... Once the Reavers are up in somebody's face, it doesn't matter whether the Bosun lives or dies, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. All right. So just bury him. Yeah, just protect him in the back line, swap this out for a banner, and you've got VPs. Yep. And, yep. and even if even if he does get sniped, like, early rounds, I feel like there's some movement issues you can do because you don't have to take the Courage test until you activate the Reavers, correct? So you move everybody away. So you yes. move everybody else away. Then they take the courage test. Then they have to move towards the nearest model. You're basically bringing them with you towards the enemy. Well, not um, themselves. Just... They they can charge themselves. Oh, that's true. Oh, never mind. Yep. Protect protect the bosun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can you bring two shields on the bosun? Like <laughs> he grabs one of the arbaluster shields. Uh, yeah. uh, so Matt, my advice for banner versus warhorn is yeah. if you if you play a scenario that needs banner, 
take that one. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> I like your strategy. And, yes. and then strategy number two, just roll sixes. Yes, yeah. there you go. Love it. Always. All right, so I'll try and go quick through this one so we can give Marcus some uh, food for thought on his army build. But round number four, it's 828 points, 61 models. The, the big change here, as you look through, everything else is included. I now go up to 11 arbalesters in this list, 12 reavers versus what I had before. And we introduce black Numenorean warriors as well as the one that was carrying the war horn. So I finally have a decent D6 front line in Dalamir's warband uh, at the front with the terror causing. Uh, so that's the big changes here. And you get up to 61 models. 61 models. My, my struggle here was thinking, do you bring, because Matt Iverson mentioned earlier, no mobility. Do you just bring a, uh, dark, uh, what do you call it, a, a blanket on the name, the Numenorean Marshal? The Black Newt, no, the, yeah, the, the Black Numenorean? The captain the hero, or the, the of Umbar? No, the, the, he's just a captain, but he's a Black oh. Numenorean, and he's on horse. That's the only yeah. horse you can get besides the Knight of Umbar. Yeah, but it was just it really hurt my model count. And I think I'm not very experienced with Corsairs, but early on the advantage of being able to plug holes and wrap and get traps and bring that army bonus into play seems key. So I opted for higher model count, but that could be another mistake. I mean, something for something that's always worth thinking about, and I don't quite know how this would end up working with the escalation is Suladan is a really good ad for this list. Um, he solves two problems. He, you know, first of all, he gives you he gives you three might. He gives you um, a mounted hero with access to other cheap mounted guys. Um, he gives you march, and he gives you a built-in banner, a built-in six-inch banner. Ooh, um, that's so, an actual, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It yeah, does, it's an it actual banner. banner. Wow. So it solves the victory point problem. He's. So he's a good add-on to this. I mean, you you probably have to do 115 points on a horse. Yeah, yeah. He's he's one of the kind of best figures in the game. You know, at the mid-level range, um, you probably have to do some tearing down and building back up to figure out how to fit him in. But um, he would probably be a good add for this list at some point if you're looking for a little bit little mobility and a banner and you know some mounted hitting power. I'm going to have a lot of painting to do in two weeks because I really like that idea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's that's great because if you drop your banner, that's 25 points. And let's just let's not assume he's on horse just for even math. But that means you only have to find how to take out seven or so other models. And then you have another hero of legend. And then you can have two options. Like you can pick who your leader is, right? Because Dalamar is a hero of legend if I'm... As long as you conclude Suladin in the first round, because I think if you have only Dalamir in the first round and you make his oh, leader, yeah. I think he has to stay your leader the entire time. Dalamir is actually, I think, a good guy to have as your leader, because um, he's somebody you can kind of he, he's he's kind of easy to hide. He's got the smoke bombs. He can kind of lurk Three behind fate. the lines, and then you've got Suladin who can kind of be your hitter, and oh, you can throw him in without worrying about throwing away your general yeah that's that's a good call and, and doesn't uh doesn't dalamir have an, an like an elven cloak or equivalent yes. or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. So you can just hide him scene. somewhere yep mr ninja man right uh, i'm not gonna sleep for the next week as i paint up a bunch <laughs> of the rod i wonder if i can get a <laughs> games workshop that quickly 
Uh, I mean, you, you don't need to bring a few horses with them, right? Some serpent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't need a huge number of them. I mean, you can get, you know, you can probably get, uh, you know, Suladan and then, you know, four, three, four of them, only 50, four of them, three only serpent riders. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I know what I'm doing for the next week. <laughs> yeah. Your, your list just got blown up. I like that a lot. That, that's, that's pretty clutch. And you could swap him out for Delgamar in the first round and just bring Soledan from the get-go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get your banner okay. for VPs. Yeah. Cool. All right. So I have uh, been really excited for this tournament because, number one, it's the first tournament that I'm going to, Matt, um, since uh, the beginning of March before all this stuff came down. So super excited for tournaments. I had a quarantine project that I've been working on. I've been talking about on the show. And when it came to building the escalation, I've already talked about it. It's 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 actually kind of hard to fit it. Uh, you know, the 150 point increase, then the 125 point increase, and then like barely a uh, 100 point increase on the last round. So it's actually kind of hard with the armies I fit. I was thinking of orig- originally. I was thinking like, okay, Easterlings. Uh, that didn't work. I just couldn't make it work competitively. I don't think. Um, I was thinking about Moria, you know, something with the watcher in the water, you know, or, and, you know, nothing I could do there. I wasn't really happy about it. I was thinking about a couple other things, but what I ultimately came down to is kind of similar to what Matt said. He said he'd been promising to, p- to play Corsairs for the rest of the year, and I'd been promising, and I've been talking a lot of, a lot about this uh, Condish army. And so I thought, well, what the heck? I'll have fun with it. I'll take an army that I, I put a lot of work into for my quarantine project. Don't know how well it would do, but I think it'll it'll be fun at least. So I was thinking like, okay, what would I see? Um, so at 450 points in an escalation turnout, I thought, okay, Goblin Town, Corsairs, okay, those are going to be really popular uh, armies to take because you can hoard up quite a bit, and I think horde armies would do really well. So my counter to horde was kind of the chariot. So at 450 of a pure con list, I have a Condish King on a chariot. Uh, he's got one charioteer with him with a bow. And then he's got um, three Condish warriors with an axe, one Condish warrior with a bow. Uh, Warband two is a Condish chieftain on a chariot. He's got two Condish horsemen, two Condish warriors with axe, one Condish warrior with a bow. Warband three is another Condish chieftain with a chariot. He's got two Condish horsemen and two Condish warriors with an axe. So that's 17 models. That's four chariots. Three of them are heroes with two points of might, and all of them have access to march. The king is the one that has access to strike and resolve, and also he counts as a six-inch banner, not for VPs, but he does. He is a six-inch banner on that 60 mil base for all my Condish models. So that's kind of the 450 breakdown that I have right there. So a little bit low on the model count for me, but I do have the four chariots, and I do have a lot of mobility. I also have included in there, I think, four horsemen to go with it, and then a bunch of foot models running around to go try to capture objectives. Um, how many chariot models do you have? Uh, in this list, there's four. No, chariots. I mean, I mean, in in your possession. Uh, six. Six. Yep. Um. Uh. So that's kind convention... of like the sweet. Uh, that's kind of the sweet spot I found at like 800 points, like six chariots. Otherwise, you six get chariots. into like movement issues, and and they kind of like it's hard to actually maneuver around each other. I mean, you can right. impact it yourself, but. I found that kind of the sweet spot is around five to six for me. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, you know, I wonder. It, so the conventional wisdom is um, 
kind of the more hero chariots, the better, the chieftains mm -hmm. and the kings. Um, and I wonder, what does it do to your list if you... Uh, if you upgrade... All right, so the issue with Khand, obviously, is that the chariots are great. The chariots with heroes on them are great anyway. Um, and But the warriors are very squishy. Mm -hmm. um, and what you don't want to do is kind of have your army kind of broken out from underneath the chariots. Right. And... And so with a 17 model army, he's only got to kill nine of your non-chariot guys to break you. Um, which means I think you're going to end up kind of hiding those warriors a lot. And if you hide those warriors, if you're going to be hiding those warriors, I, I, I question whether you want to bring them as opposed to just kind of bulking out on the chariots. Mm. Um, yeah, it, the problem you obviously then have is you don't really have any way to deal with terrain, um, which is going to be a bit of a problem with this list. Uh, so, so anyway, that, that that's just a that's just the thought. I wonder if. I wonder if you, I, I mean, just looking at this, and, and I'm, again, I'm speaking from somebody who doesn't play Cond. Mm -hmm. uh, I've played against Cond a couple times, um, and and I'm wondering if maybe the charioteer goes away. Either the charioteer goes away, and you just kind of get more guys to bulk it out, or you get rid of a bunch of the guys upgrade that charioteer to maybe another king and then just have like a handful of guys. Um, although you have to get really small in order to not be broken if like all of your guys die. Yeah, it, it's kind of a weird balance. Um, the the I, Most of my experience playing with a pure con is actually at 800 points. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I'm kind of basing like, because I've gotten about 10 games in at pure con, about 800 points. Um, and based on my experience with them usually obviously the chariots come in they do their damage the warriors are way out on the outside because they're more of a distraction slash flanking force so if they send like warrior cavalry units around to flank like a chariot counters that which is kind of cool um the heroes it's all about the heroes um the foot models and the horsemen yes they're they're very very squishy but i found they're actually really really helpful because a chariot can get surrounded really easy and when a mm -hmm. chariot gets surrounded they just go down they're just i mean they can just drop like flies so yep. a lot of the times the the warriors are kind of tagging along behind the chariots so that they can plug gaps kind of peel off warriors and then allow your your chariots to kind of hero combat or hero move and kind of do their thing again but yep. that's kind of like yep. the idea i have about this so we'll see how it goes in uh, practicality, but um, yeah, I don't have as much experience at 450. So, I, I was really debating about that charioteer. I was kind of doing the same thing. I, if if I if I swapped it out and I could get, uh, I think the way it worked out is if I swapped it out, I could get like two more horsemen um, with the points that worked and kind of balance it out. So you actually it was up to like seven horsemen uh, and eight foot soldiers. That's right. It was so it was just like seven foot seven horsemen. So I had a lot of mobility. Yep. Um, and that was put me at 18 models, but I, I, I kind of wanted that fourth chariot, you know, just in case, like, as it, like I said, as a distraction slash 
you know, flanking force, it, the chariots can tank a turn. So if I needed to like stall this hero for a turn, I could throw a charioteer into him. Okay, you're gonna at least take, if you're lucky, you'll take a turn uh, to take him down. But a lot of times with the odds, you know, two thirds of the time, it takes you two, two turns to take down a charioteer. Yep. So kind of playing with those odds a little bit. I gotcha. Mitchell, I was surprised you didn't uh, take the opportunity to ally Easterlings with Cond and kind of do a a conjoined thought, force on this. I, I thought about it. I thought it hard. But I, in the end, I've been talking a lot of smack about this con. So I got to put my money where the <laughs> mouth is at this point. I know what you're really trying to do is you're trying to submarine the first round so that you just sneak into top table under the water. Yeah, that's that's my plan. You're giving up first <laughs> round. I know what you're doing. You know, I'll lose the first three rounds so that I submarine to the top table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, no, Mitch. This this is definitely an interesting uh, list. I just looking at it now and listening to what Matt said. I'm I'm curious to see if you had the opportunity to play a lot of test games. It'd be fun to see you drop the charioteer or upgrade the charioteer to another leader and just try to overwhelm whoever you play with heroes on chariots trying to run over each other. Um, Either that or drop the charioteer and maybe like one other guy. And upgrade one of the chieftains to another king. Oh. I mean, two Ooh. two kings at 450 is kind of a scary concept to deal with. Yeah. Well, and, and help me understand the difference in stats, right? So the chieftain is like more like a captain, but the king, you get the extra attack, right? Is that the main difference? You get the strike, you get the extra attack, extra courage, extra will, and you get the banner oh. effect. So yeah, you they, could have the kings are you good. Could you could have basically an entire army uh, coverage. Of, in banners yep plus two striking heroes Ooh, that's interesting and and take it I, i'm not saying this is great or or whatever but when i've seen con player when i've seen these war beasts or chariot type models play uh, iron hills or con being able to stack models more models and you have attacks to prevent heroic combats going off i think in low point value is going to be um risky until you have enough might to just guarantee you're always going to be marching and and moving um so if you were to upgrade a chieftain to a king that would force if somebody was going to try and do that strategy just overload the chariot so he couldn't hero combat that would be another model per turn which would add up really quickly yeah very good points i think the yeah that that's really cool because i definitely think running two kings is like what i love you know one king is your leader and he kind of hits the side and kind of pressures it but the other king who is just as good as your leader is kind of like going at your leader and he's you know no vps are sacrificed he's just as good um it's really good i think the reason why i went with one king two chieftains is because of my 600 list so it is an escalation uh i had pre-built a 600 list that's been doing very very well and it has the models everything like that and so that's why i was kind of building that way but the second king that that's that's a good point that would that would really help in a lot of ways yeah because that's almost what matt said the upgrade is almost right there because your charioteer is 30 points and your chieftain's 85 that's just a simple drop and and upgrade i like it i mean the uh at 450 points most lists will be able to take on one king there aren't gonna be a lot of lists that can take on two that's um, cool. yeah so yeah, that's. I mean, especially especially if you you can get in a situation where you can run them side by side. Oh yeah. 
Um, and you know, get get two of them plowing around there. Yeah, good callouts. And I can tell you, corsairs don't hold up well to them. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's 450, Mitch. What do you got for 600? So 600 is the exact same heroes, but what you add is you add another charioteer, so that's five chariots. And then, like I said, I, I have played this one. This one works pretty well at 600, I feel. Um, so you got five chariots coming at you. Three of those are heroes. You have six points of might, little low on the might, I wish, but my model count is where I want it to be for a pure con force, which is I have nine horsemen, I think I have 12 axemen, and I have four bowmen. So 30 models total and a pure con force at 600 points. And then, like I said, the kings got that six-inch banner to cover the whole force. So fight four with hand and half axes. You're either, if you go up against defense eight or six, you're piercing. If you go up against uh, something else, you could always two-hand. Uh, a lot of times you have two models in at once, so you're both going piercing because you can only lose one at a time. And you have that banner support to really help. You can go piercing two-handed. It just works. Yeah, I really like your model count at 600. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, you could drop those those two non-hero chariots and upgrade one of the chieftains to another king. Because um, I think once you hit 600, you're going to start running into people who are going to have more than one heroic striking hero in their list. Hmm. Um, and you may want... And, and I mean, that is... That is the problem with the chieftain level chariots is if they get if they get stuck in in a situation where somebody else can charge them with you know a heroic striking hero and three or four other guys and throw spears behind it um, they could go down and that's where the that's where the kings are good since they can strike up. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. That, that's a good call out. Yeah, and I, I'm sorry, you already said this once, but remind me, do, do the kings have an extra point of might compared to the chieftains, or they have the same amount of might, they just have the other plus one on the stat line? Yeah, they have an extra attack, extra courage, and extra will. Yeah, okay. And then they same, have the same might. Okay, th thanks. So different heroics, they get the strike, uh, but the other attack, and okay, thanks. And so, oh, I something I haven't been mentioning. So in list one, I have... Um, four plus uh three so that's seven plus another four so i have 11 bows in list one in list two i think i'm at 17 bows if i remember right because uh, each each hero has a bow and half and a hand and half axe and then all the horsemen have bows and hand and half axes nice so lots of shooting dacker coming back at your opponent potentially if it works out that way which What's is what I've done a lot of times because you start out the game, you pressure, you can pressure them because they're worried about that heroic march, right, with five chariots coming at them. So they kind of stay back a little bit, and then you just kind of stop and just take 17 shots at them or whatever it is at that list level. 600 and 400 seem really similar to me just because you have the same, uh, similar to Matt's armies. You have the same heroes, and you're just filling it out. So 450 is like your skeleton of what you're trying to do, and then you just start filling it out yeah. at 600. Yeah. So 700 and above is where I want it to be for a lot of times. So. What do you do at 725? So at 725, I'm including. It's easy. 125 points added on. I just add another king on chariot. It's the exact same list as 600. Just another king. 
We finally get the second king. There's your second. There's king. the second king. And that was the that was the best break I could find because you still have good models. You now have your sixth chariot. There's your second king, your second banner support, your other striking hero, uh, and you still have good mobility because you have nine other horsemen. You have the six chariots, and you have a bunch of foot soldiers running around. So now your model. So you you opted for model count at six hundred points, mm-hmm. and then you are you're taking your penalty on 725 for model count because you're only at 31 now okay right which is where i figured a lot of people would be taking their hit on model count i'm hoping is 600 to 725 is kind of oddball you kind of add a captain and maybe a few more warriors so the difference between 600 and 700 maybe not be as dramatic as i'm hoping but i think it'll work we'll see i mean just to give a little tease but my army grows by like 30 percent from 600 to 725 but okay Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I go from four models to five models. Well, that's not even 30%, but you got to get what I'm saying. Um, all right, so 725. What, uh, so your, your, your last round, A28, mm-hmm. the largest army. I'm assuming it's similar because I think you're running out of chariots. Uh, yeah, so this is where I'd really like to play this army. At Pure Con is 800. So 828, you add three more foot soldiers. Uh, I would like to add... Uh, more horsemen, but I uh, actually ran out of the actual models that I have painted, and I can't get them bought, shipped, and painted in time. So we're just going to run with what I have, because I usually run it at 800. But uh, it's the same thing. So we still have two Kondish kings, two Kondish chieftains, two charioteers, so six chariots still. And like I said, that's the sweet spot that I found for this army, where you don't run into mobility issues or movement issues running into each other. And usually, if you have a really board-heavy like terrain uh, board, uh, you're able to maneuver around that somewhat okay. But if you have any more chariots than that, I feel like they'd just be sitting the entire game doing nothing. Um, you have 11 horsemen, you have 18 axemen, I believe, and then you have seven uh, bowmen. So all in all, that's 42 models, uh, eight points of might still, t- still the double six-inch banners from the kings, but you're just increasing those models in that last 100 points. So, Mitchell, I, I feel like it, from an uneducated opinion like my own, your biggest challenge is going to be round one and two. By round three and four, your army's in its sweet spot. So you're kind of knowing you're handicapped, having to really have the pressure the first round for sure, and then round three and four, this thing looks sweet. Hopefully. But I, I, it, 725 is questionable because I've yet to run it. At, well, I've ran it once at 725 as a practice game before I submitted it, and it ran really well pretty similar to the 820 and 800s where i've run it for the last eight games or so uh, but i did run once at 450 i've ran it a couple a few times at 600 that i definitely think 400 is the 450 is the biggest toss-up because yeah low model count yeah you have the chariots but it depends on what army you face it depends on the board depends on the scenario so yeah, yeah. I, I mean so the the other you're gonna have two two other problems i think um one problem is going to be terrain, and that's just the nature of the beast. Um, mm-hmm. If you end up, particularly at higher points levels, if you end up with somebody on a, on a board with a significant amount of terrain, the other guy can just kind of infest mm-hmm. um, and shoot out of, uh, you're going to be kind of losing. The, I think you're going to be losing the shooting war against somebody who can kind of hide in terrain against you. Yeah. And then kind of run out and, and ambush one of your, your chariots. Uh-huh. Um, the other problem is going to be if you have, you know, kind of a high defense army that your chariots are going to bounce off. Mm -hmm. Um, 
because at high points levels, you've only got the two kings that can strike. Um, you know, like something like 828 points of dwarves could be a real problem for you. Um, cause you could, you could hit the dwarves kind of bounce off mm-hmm. and then, you know, end up in a duel, you know, like your chieftains could end up in a duel against somebody who's, you know, fight six, um, and, uh, uh, be in some trouble. Um, can you bash a chariot and dismount it? You still have to do the defensive bulwark in the way, but yes, you can, but you still have to do oh. the defensive cause it's a special strike, but it's still a strike. So you have to still do the defensive bulwark mm-hmm. in the way. So there's only a 33% chance you can. And then after that, you have to do the roll off of strength. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, never mind then. Um, the, you know, I mean, one option you do have at the uh, 828 level is, you know, dropping again, both of those non-hero charioteers. You could be going into this and maybe a couple other guys, you could be going into this with four Kings. Hmm. Um, and that's, I think, going to be a scary army at 828 points. I think that would be hard to build because you have to build off from previous lists, but that would be an interesting Uh, concept to do, um, for just a normal 800 point game. I think I, now you've got me thinking, and I think I really want to do that now at 800. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so if you, I mean, if you started off with, you know, I'm going to have, uh, you know, if you basically, you know, on the 450 to 600 point jump, go to four heroes Mm. although actually so you gotta oh so i see so the issue here is the issue here is the chieftains right um because once you have a chieftain in you can't like upgrade him to a king your chieftain's in for the whole time i got right i got the issue um yeah okay um you may want to you may want to think about going to the second king in the 450 list, and that way you can at least get three kings mm. by the end. That's a cool yeah. concept. Yeah, because I was just thinking about it. If you face any – so dwarves, high defense, not getting that roll off on your trample, um, Misty Mountains, Fell Beast, Flying Monsters could – well, and, and, and the, if you face any of the wraiths in the early rounds – that could be a very cheap black dart just to de- delete 30 points. Um, yeah. I mean, that that's the problem with the, the charioteers is, mm-hmm. you know, kind of one, I mean, the other thing you can end up with one charioteer going in is, you know, you get one charioteer going in and gets hit with, you know, three or four guys on the ground backed up by three or four spears. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not a, you know, the, the, you yeah. don't have a lot of dice in that situation. Yeah. And you need the the threat of the heroic combat to keep trampling, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I hope I'll... if I pl- I hope if I play you, it's in round two. I don't want to see you in round three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, yeah, it's more of like a, like I said, this was my quarantine project. This is kind of a fun project for me. We'll see how it does. I'll give you guys an update, but uh, I'll, I'll give it the best shot I got. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, it's like if this is your quarantine project, you got to bring it. So you know, yeah. <laughs> that's right. We're taking it, dang it. Yep, yep, <laughs> we're doing it. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Well, I feel like we've spent so much time just really 
analyzing and talking about strategy. And now I feel bad with the list I'm about to bring because this is about as cookie cutter as it can possibly be. Uh, and it's not very different list to list. So uh, I am I want to bring, I say want because I haven't locked in yet, but I <laughs> want to bring the Return of the King Legendary Legion, which is just Aragorn, the King of the Dead, and how many ghosts can you fit in at every point level. Um, so because I, because I feel like these are all so similar, why don't I go through really quick and just share what the escalation jump is? Because really it's just how many models do I add? Uh, and then I would love to come back and hear everybody's thought. And Matt, you're specifically on um, challenges and whether or not this is a horrible idea and I should go get a different army really quick. So uh, at 450, so the Legendary Legion, you have to bring both Aragorn Strider and the King of the Dead. So those two heroes suck up a ton of points, 260, I believe. And so at 450 points, I can bring both of those heroes and each of them bring uh, brings six Warriors of the Dead. So my total model count is 14. Uh, and then each Warband has uh, six Warriors of the Dead. Now, they're, they all have shields. So I, I get to the exact points level just by swapping the swords and spears. Uh, in this version, it's very spear-heavy just because of the way the points work out. Uh, so when you're saying they all have shields, how many of them have spears? Uh, in this version, so 10 are spearmen and two, two are, are swordsmen. Okay. Yeah. All right. That works out. Yeah. You, uh, want, you want as many spears as you can jam in there. And it, luckily it works out just because I, I don't know how the math works on that, but because there's 15 points or 14 points base, uh, you have to get a lot of spears before you can think about boosting model count. So it's not really something I had to worry about, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, with that model count, you're not going to get kind of a lot of use out of your spears. But as you say, I mean, it's not like you can you know, drop some spears and get another model or something mm -hmm. like that. And you never know kind of which, I mean, what you want to do is basically have a spear that can stand behind the King of the Dead and a spear that can stand behind Aragorn. Mm -hmm. um, and then you know, the rest of them are basically going to kind of create a die. zone. You know. shield, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're not, not they're not going to die. They're going to be, but you know, they're they're not they're more than likely not going to be, um, you know, fighting in a shield wall, a two rank shield wall. Yeah. So 450, super low model count, but some pretty elite heroes and mighty hero from Aragorn, so lots of might. At 600 points, it is the exact same list except I add more warriors. So. At 600 points, I fill out the warbands to where I get to 24 model count. So that is Aragorn leading 11 Warriors of the Dead, and that's the King of the Dead also leading 11 Warriors of the Dead. And it looks like on this variation, so I went from 10 spears and two swords to now I'm at 12 swords and 10 spears uh, to maximize model count there. So almost the exact same as the first one, just 10 more models. Can you um, can you maybe sacrifice one figure to get one Rider of the Dead in there? Uh, you, this, yes, I agree. This is going to be a criticism that I'm going to get the entire time. I don't own those models. Oh, uh, okay. And I, pro <laughs> I procrastinated doing this until now I'm at the point where I don't think, I don't feel confident that I'd be able to order it. And I get have it four. Uh-oh. Oh, no, well, oh, there's a solution. On. Pressure's yeah. on. <laughs> okay, I'll take this criticism. Do it, so, do it, do it. yeah, so I guess Warrior or Cavalry of the Dead would be 
a, a two to three trade. So I could go, if I drop three Warriors of the Dead, I could add two Cavalry. Um, yeah, I, so I think that's worth doing. Um, okay. And their job is to run around behind the battle line. And then, so because you you have this huge terror wall, you're not terribly scared about um, making hero about uh, losing heroic. Uh, well, you're not you're not scared about losing priority um, because you're a pain in the neck to charge, especially with that minus one. Um, and you know, you're going to have kind of this, you're going to have this big kind of wall of, uh, terror out there with one guys with a few spears behind that you can move around to get behind Aragorn and probably Aragorn's, if you lose priority, you just, you save that, um, free point of might for either striking if another hero goes after him or doing a heroic combat, if he tries to send in a sacrificial guy. Um, and what the what the riders of the dead do if they're not kind of running off to grab an objective in the end game is they sit behind this line and they counterattack and you wait for them to try and wrap around your line of terror and then they charge in on you know one or two guys on the end and try and take them down and that's that's their role is to you know kind of secure whichever side is going to get flanked because you probably are going to get flanked there aren't that many of you um they can then go in and kind of knock a few guys down as they come in. Do you run them on job. each side of the wing or you just bulk one side, make a strong they, side? Your, your line is small enough. So if you, you basically run them up um, kind of behind the center of your line and then they counter charge either to the left or the right, depending on which Ooh. way they need to go. It's kind of cool. I'm glad you clarified because I thought you were saying that I need to try and blitz around my opponent's line. You're, no, no. So you're saying just keep them back in reserve as a, a counter, uh, a final, a final line of defense for anybody trying to wrap around. Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, okay. As I long mean, as you don't face Lady of Light or Gandalf the White. <laughs> well, I think my whole army at that point is they're struggling, <laughs> not just the cavalry. <laughs> okay. No, I like that. Okay, that's a, that's an easy modification I can make, especially if Matt, you you'll uh, lend me some models here. Yep. And, um, and by the way, if you do run into Gandalf the White and Lady of Light then hopefully it's an objective game and those guys just go riding off to grab the objectives that's nowhere near the rest of the army. I'll stay so, so far on line of sight. Well, I, I mean, you know, look, if he wants to send Galadriel Lady of Light running off to the far corner of the board to try and kill your uh, your one rider, that's fine. It's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Good call out. So that, that's a change I can make. And, and I guess this is bringing us to the last, the last, uh, what I see as potentially the last decision. So at 725 and 828, uh, I have to add another hero because I'm maxing out on warbands. I don't have the room to bring just more warriors. So this is where the decision is. My options are Gimli, Legolas, or Heralds of the Dead. And Only one answer to that question. Dang it, I know. Uh-oh. I think I Drum just roll. got it wrong. So this is this is. Well, let me say what I did, and then you guys can tear it apart. I opted. <laughs> I opted to take the Herald of the Dead for two main reasons. One, I played this army just a couple times, and I really struggled uh, with the king not being able to really go crazy because I was trying to be conservative at that point of might, and and um, people were able to to outstrike him basically. So I was thinking, okay, with the Herald, I will. Uh, 
uh, at least give him the opportunity to burn up to three more heroic actions. I lied, there's three reasons. So that's number one. Number two is the Herald was enticing to me because with the Harbinger of Evil and a traditional warrior stat line, a strength force spirit that has Blades of the Dead is going to be wounding warriors on threes. So I'll have a captain with two fate who is wounding warriors on threes if I win. He's only fight four, but it was just a thought. Uh, and the last reason was, honestly, Mitchell, what you just said, I was thinking about the weird situations where I might be up against somebody with Banish, Lady Delight with Banish, or Gandalf with Banish, um, not, giving, not giving them the easy opportunity to just banish somebody in the middle of my line to create a gap because the Herald gives the three-inch uh, buffer with his pennant. He gives resistant to magic. So it's just one boost that I was thinking might might play a factor at higher levels, but I don't know. All right, the ultimate. What's, now, what's the right what's answer? The correct answer? What's the correct answer? So the, the right answer, in my humble opinion, is Legolas. Um, and I mean, I, I get the benefits of, of what the the Heralds of the Dead brings, but Legolas gives your army um, a bunch of new capabilities that you would not, by himself, gives your army a bunch of new capabilities and tactical options that your army will not have if you add one Herald of the Dead or two Heralds of the Dead. Um, so the first is Legolas by himself can force an opponent's army to come towards you, which is one of the biggest problems you have when you're playing Army of the Dead is you're just waddling around. Um, and, you know, I believe it or not, I have actually shot out the Army of the Dead with a Harad list just just by kiting it. Um, and, and that can happen to you. Um, and what Legolas does is he, just by himself, just wandering around, making his little half move and then shooting his almost auto hit of two plus you, the other guy sitting there you know do i sit here and let legolas shoot out all of my horses uh, before i engage and most of the time people will say nope i have to get in the other thing legolas can do is if you are running into lady of light or gandalf he makes them think twice about running up and casting spells at you because he can auto hit lady of light and, you know, he can spend a couple points of might to make sure he gets the wound on her. Uh, he can he can auto hit um, uh, Shadowfax out from under Gandalf the White if you get get it. He can auto hit, you know, the Ringwraith uh, that's on the Fell Beast. He just, Legolas kind of sitting well protected in the middle of a bunch of D8 guys can really create a lot of board control and allow you to kind of control people, whether they're coming in, coming out. And the other thing he can do is when you do get charged, I mean, the classic Legolas target of, okay, now I'm going to shoot at the horse of the, uh, of, you know, uh, you know, Isildur who just, uh, you know, charged in against two of your guys and about to take two of your guys down and then heroic combat and take two more of the guys down. Um, he also and, offers I mean, like three more might, right? Uh, and strike. Yeah, he's three might. Yeah. Yeah. He's three might and he's strike. So when the time comes to fight, he can he can do what he needs to do. Can well, Legolas he... auto hit the rider of a chariot? Yes. Yeah, yes. I, yeah he can. Right. Yes, he can. Marcus, I humbly take back everything that I told <laughs> you before the show. 
<laughs> well, no, this is this is something we were chatting about just before I think we started recording. Uh, and I thought about it, Matt, once you were just going through why you should take legless. Yeah, he's got three might. Although maybe you consider that just his own that he needs for shooting to really be impactful for shooting. But the other thing he does is if you ever get into a place where you do need to bring him into combat, I forgot he's fight six with Elven yeah. daggers. So I have yep. Elven made weapons at fight six. And so yep. I could put him next to the King of the Dead. And all of a sudden I have fight six Elven made weapons with somebody that can auto kill you. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, typically you're not going to be using his might to support shooting unless it's like the critical role and you've missed it by one. Um, cause a lot of the benefit you get out of Leg Legolas comes not from the fact that he's actually doing this stuff, but from the fact that he could do this stuff. And, you know, if oh, you don't charge in, he could, you know, if he, you know, if you, if he missed my horse this turn, he may not miss my horse the next turn. So I really got to get up there and get in the fight. That is 100% the success I've had with my chariots. <laughs> they don't actually <laughs> run over a lot, but they could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Oh. Uh. Well, Unless... see, I knew there was going to be wisdom in the fact of not submitting my list before I had a chance <laughs> to get a... <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I just torched all three versions of this. I need to add... Well, I'm going to add two horses. And I got to go find a leg... I know I have a legless model or two. Now I just got to get them painted really quick. I was going to say, well, if I was, if I was there, legless? I've got like four, but... <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. So questions. I apologize. I don't have this actually pulled up. I'm looking now. Can you take legless on a horse? In the Return of the King. No. I don't believe so, no. No. None of the no, heroes can take cavalry. Nobody on a horse. Nobody on a horse. Ah, oh, they're still fast with Aragorn marching all the time. I mean, the other thing, it because he's not going to be on the horse, you may actually want to consider giving him an elven cloak so he can just kind of like hide behind a tree and shoot stuff if need be. Okay. Well, I've got some editing to do on these lists. <laughs> and Marcus, that, that's a question. Does any of these variants have Aragorn with an elven cloak? Mm. no they don't actually i would um, heavily recommend that i really would i'm not a big advocate for elven cloaks but aragorn it sounds so weird aragorn's the weakest character in you're this army right he's hmm? the defense five he's easily shot at he's, yeah he's, he is he's the target. linchpin yeah he is the linchpin so and and i don't want to begrudge the point we can start wrapping this up but i am curious to hear so Legless, I get, I get to the Elven Cloak. He can, he can stay at a certain spot and shoot from safety, a piece of terrain that offers him the ability to use the Elven Cloak. With Aragorn and just the couple small games I played, all of those situations I ended up having to march. And so he was near the middle of my line or at the, the tip of the spear, not to be shot at, but he was leading the charge, so to speak, so the, the army could utilize his, his march range. I, in those just couple games, I didn't have a lot of situations where there was a piece of terrain that he could have hid behind. Do, do you yeah. guys think that's realistic or do you think that maybe just I had some weird boards? I'm uh, not, yeah, I'm not sure actually whether the Elven Cloak is worth it for Aragorn for precisely that reason. I mean, unless you know you're going to play on some kind of heavily terrain boards. Because usually the best thing, I mean, so the way... The typical approach way you do this, right, is you have your your wall of 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 you know two deep army of the dead guys, um, and then you have somewhere in the middle of that wall you have a one base width hole, and then Aragorn sits 
behind that hole and then a little to the left or a little to the right. Basically one figure to the left or one figure to the right. So he's completely masked by those two lines of guys. But he has a hole where he can run out if he's going to march or run out if he needs mm-hmm. to chart, call a move and then charge. Um, so that's the way you have to remember to do it. If you're in an approach march situation, or even if you're not in an approach march, approach march situation, um, if you are in a situation where like you're going to be charged by cavalry or something like that, it, Ar- Aragorn does not fight at the front. He fights from the back, or he starts the fight from the back with you having engineered a hole so that he can get to the front against somebody. And frankly, he's Aragorn, so it doesn't really matter who he's charging into mm-hmm. because the odds are whoever he's charging into, he's going to be able to beat. Or if um, you know he's charging into an ordinary Spedlak guy, he can then call a heroic combat from there. But what you don't want to have happen is to have the big mounted hero charge into your foot Aragorn as he's like in the front of the line or gets sniped out. So he makes sure that he fights from the third rank and then runs up to counterattack to get into combat. That's a really good point. Cause I've definitely gotten killed really quickly already in these test games. So, uh, yeah. So, and the same thing, by the way, with the King of the dead is, you know, he fights behind a line of two guys and you leave a hole or two that, um, is too small for, you know, the enemy mounted stuff to come through, but he can run through. Awesome. Well, hey, Matt, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Uh, this has been super fun. Uh, I'm excited for this event. This is going to be, I mean, after the modifications that I make really quick, uh, this is going to be fun as a new army. I've never played an Escalation event. Uh, we can see, We can see how it goes. All right. I'm optimistically confident or optimistic, us optimistically cautious, not confident, wrong word, <laughs> but, um, Matt Mitchell, any other uh, closing comments before we log off? I'll just, uh, thanks Matt for joining us. Everybody check out the unexpected podcast. All right. Yes, uh, it, thank it, you very much. And thank you for having me. It is actually an unexpected podcast. Um, we're still new. So if you search for the unexpected podcast, you'll get something else, but search for, and unexpected content podcast and you'll turn us up and uh thanks for having me guys it's been a lot of fun yeah i think it's Absolutely. also uh devin's channel on youtube right the dc it is hl it okay is. yeah yeah if you're going to youtube you can just go to the dchl and it'll it'll link to it all right awesome peace everybody all right Bye, everybody take care everybody